Another installment of um, Big Time Basketball, the basketball segment of the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. Um, today, I'm going to be your host. My name's Nathan, and we're here with Mete and Terry. What's up? What up? How's it going? All right. So uh, today, we're going to go over the first rounds of the NBA draft, and then we'll talk a little bit about some free agency signings that have been going on. How's that sound? Sounds good. Let's get it done. All right. So we'll start with the first pick. Um, Detroit got Cade Cunningham. Um, I guess we'll start with you, Terry. What's your thoughts on that? Well, Cade Cunningham, unanimously, apparently, he is the undisputed number one prospect coming out of, I believe, 2021. With that being said, uh, if you don't know him, here's a little bit about him. Point forward, he's kind of lanky. I believe he's at like six, 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 eight around that area. And he's probably at, uh, he's just a point forward when you think about it like that. And with that being said, I mean, he has a decent shot and then he's kind of explosive. So that's what you're looking for if you're first overall hit, if you're drafting at first overall. With that being said, I mean, this is a great pick for uh, Detroit with their rebuild coming up. Yeah, I guess this is like a really good um, centerpiece to kind of start a rebuild with a player that can pretty much do anything he wants. Exactly. And with that being said, I mean, you got pieces like Isaiah Stewart, uh, Killian Hayes. Uh, who's that gay guy? Sadiq Bay as well. I mean, he's that interesting piece that you can just put right there in the middle. And it's like, okay, what you can bring, like Killian Hayes, uh, stand-up shooting, and then Isaiah Stewart down in the paint, he can do pick and rolls with him. And Sadiq Bay can just chill in the corner as well, just like Killian. And let's see what they can do with this. I mean, uh numerous ways the Pistons can go with this pick. Yeah, for sure. All right. So we'll go to you, Mete. Um, I guess Houston ended up drafting Jalen Green with their second pick. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so Houston goes with Jalen Green out of the G League, which will be an advantage for Green, I feel like, as he faced better competition than the NCAA. As in the NCAA, there's only college students, and G League has ex-NBA veterans and grown men playing there. And then the only thing concerning me with Green's numbers was his three-point shooting. Uh, he only shot 36%. And with the Rockets actually having decent talent with Wall, Wood, Porter Jr., I feel like he's going to need to be a spot-up shooter there. And so he's going to need to uh, shoot the three-ball efficiently, I think. Yeah, I guess 36% is like kind of average, especially for a guard. So he's probably going to have to increase that a little bit. But Houston's probably just going to give him the green light to shoot regardless. Yeah. And I guess uh, moving on to you, Terry, um, I guess Cleveland ended up drafting uh, Evan Mobley. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so the only Cavs pick in this NBA draft was at number three. And they didn't disappoint by drafting uh, Evan Mobley. That being said, I mean, I believe the kid's seven foot, 215 pounds. He has great uh, finishing abilities near uh, the basket. And with that being said, he has a seven four wingspan. And he'll be a great defender and rim protector with that length. Um, with bigger guys like Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid, it might be a little bit concerning having him at center in some 
uh, situations. But with that being said, I mean, still be rookie. We're going to see what he can do. And uh, we'll see what they uh, cleanly does with that being said during free agency, as we will we'll talk about it later in the episode with Jared Allen. So going back to you, Nathan. Yeah, for sure. And I guess uh, we'll talk t- um, about Scotty Barnes a little bit. So um, I guess he's a really good forward, but um, I guess drafting kind of a wing was kind of okay in my opinion, but my preference would have been for a powered forward. But um, the Raptors did do something in free agency, so I guess we'll kind of have to see how that pans out. I guess um, Scotty Barnes is still um, expected to be really good, but I guess my only questions are kind of um, fit because we already have um, Siakam and we already have OG. So it's going to be kind of like a question of um, is he, how much minutes is he going to get off of the bench? Because we have to give OG minutes. We have to give Siaka minutes for sure. So I guess we're just going to have to see about that. And I guess, uh, Mete, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, this pick seemed like it came out of nowhere, but I'm kind of starting to like the pick now. Uh, Barnes' shooting numbers aren't too impressive, but he does a little bit of everything. He averaged 10.3 points per game, 1.5 steals per game, 0.5 blocks per game, 4.1 assists, and point just four rebounds a game. And then I feel like the Raptors are adapting to the positionless basketball era. Uh, Like Scotty Barnes, he can guard one through five. And we also acquired Achua in a sign and trade that we'll talk about later. And then, like you said, fit wise, it is kind of iffy, but if you think about it, uh, Siakam's going to be out for the majority of the season as he's getting surgery done so yeah I think he'll have playing time available and like I said he can guard one to five so I think he'll play for sure yeah I think it's a it's an all right trade but I guess uh, Terry what are your thoughts let me ask you guys a quick question since both of you are the Raptor fans um would you guys have preferred a a guard like Jalen Slugs to play alongside like Malachi Flynn or Fred coming off the bench, or would you have preferred, like, I don't know, someone like Scotty Barnes in this situation? Because both of them were considered, like, top five picks. I guess, uh, Mete, you can go first. Uh, it's a good question. I think, yeah, maybe I would have preferred Suggs over Barnes, but I'm not mad at the Barnes pick, but I feel like the Raptors, we need a premier scorer, and maybe Suggs can become that guy in a couple of years. So, yeah, I think I would have liked Suggs over Barnes. As it doesn't look like Barnes' uh, offense, offensive ability is too good right now. My thinking personally is that, like, we kind of needed a rebounding more. That was kind of, like, my concern. So drafting a guard wouldn't be, I guess, the best idea to kind of um, cover that. Scotty Barnes is probably going to be a better um, pick for a rebounding and just like he can cover like so many things and he's really versatile so I guess if we had to pick between like Scotty Barnes or like Jalen Suggs I feel like Scotty Scotty Barnes would be the better pick for that 
And I guess we can talk about uh, Jalen Suggs now. Um, we'll go to you, Terry, and your thoughts about that. So yeah, um, Jalen Suggs, uh, apparently he was a dual, I forgot the word for it, but like he played bo uh, both two sports when he was in high school, uh, football and basketball. And basically he chose basketball as we can all tell. Um, when he was in Gonzaga, I believe, he averaged, um, give or take, 14 points, five rebounds, four and a half assists, and then probably, like, two steals. And, like, he's just co a competitive guy. And with this Magic Rebuild, I feel like um, nothing's set in stone as of yet. So guys like Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony, they're still going to have to play for their, their minutes. And with that being said, I mean, it's anyone's ball game when it comes to a rebuilding team. Um, with that being said, I feel like you can't have enough players, if you get what I mean, especially when you're in that scenario. So I feel like Suggs or Slugs or however you want to pronounce his last name, I feel like it's going to be a great fit with the Magic. Um, with that being said, uh, we'll talk about more of their other pick that was number seven later and good luck in Orlando. Yeah, for sure. And we'll move on to uh, Josh Giddy. Uh, Mete, what are your thoughts? This is uh, another pick that kind of came out of nowhere, but the Thunder are loaded at the guard position, and I feel like Giddy might struggle finding playing time, but he's an interesting progress uh, prospect, sorry, as he averaged 7.3 rebounds and 7.6 assists, so he can do it all at the guard position, but he's very raw in the sense that he can't shoot right now, and if he's not giving primary ball handling duties I don't know what he can do out there as he's not going to be spacing the floor for the Thunder um, he did play in the NBL in Australia so like Green he has the advantage of playing against pros rather than college students which is a uh, positive for sure yeah I guess this is kind of going to be um, a trend that continues to increase there's a lot of players that are choosing not to go the traditional route and they decide to either go into the G League or places like the NBL um, in order to kind of get into the NBA. And uh, we'll move on to um, Jonathan Kaminga. He was drafted by the Warriors. Um, I guess, uh, Terry, what do you think? Yeah, so I believe he was another guy that came from the Ignite team from the G League. With that being said, I mean, he has a tremendous frame for his uh, size, 6'8", 210. I believe he has a 6'11 wingspan. Um, I think he averaged probably like 16, 7, and 3 uh, points, rebounds, and assists last year. So he also helped the team go to playoffs last year as well. So um, I don't know how to think of the pick just due to the fact that uh, this is a condemning team. And compared to the other teams before them, they weren't rebuilding. So, I mean, he's going to have to buy against guys like Andrew Wiggins and then Otto Porter when we eventually talk about him in free agency. So with that being said, I guess he's just going to learn the ropes from guys like Draymond Green, who are glue guys of the team. Yeah, for sure. And I guess we can move on to um, Franz Wagner. Um, he was drafted by the Magic. Um, Mete, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so the Magic decided to go with Mo Wagner's brother, Franz, and I feel like he's going to be similar to Mo in the sense that he's a floor-spacing big man. He shot 34% beyond the arc, 
in the NCAA last season playing for Michigan. And I like the fact that France played two seasons in the NBA as you don't really see nowadays players uh, playing more than a season in the NCAA as they're uh, just there for a year and they want to go straight into the league. And then uh, the projected starting power forward for the Magic is James Ennis. So I feel like there's a chance that France can win the starting job in Orlando right away. Yeah, I guess it'll be interesting because he's kind of a big man with a little bit of experience. So um, hopefully there won't be too much of a, I guess it's kind of um, an adjustment period because normally um, rookies, they kind of have it a little bit rough, especially if they're starting. So if Franz Wagner ends up getting the job, I don't think um, be there shouldn't be too many moments where it looks like he's lost, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I guess we can move on to the ninth pick. Um, Davian Mitchell was drafted by the Sacramento Kings. Um, Terry, what do you think? A lot of people online are butchering Sacramento Kings for this one. I mean, he's a guard. He came out of Baylor, I believe. Was a part of that championship team uh, from March Madness. Excuse me. Uh, 14 points, I believe, five rebounds, one assist. Um, great stats from a guy from Baylor as well. With that being said, I mean, uh, with the Kings saying that they are trying to contend for the playoffs, it's kind of a head-scratcher. And when you realize who's ahead of him in the depth charts, Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and De'Aaron Fox, it's kind of even more of a head-scratcher, and you would assume that they would have went with a bigger guy to help out with the team or a wing player. Um, We don't know if this was supposed to be a sign-in trade player or anything, but I feel like this move didn't really work out for them, especially you, uh, if you're trying to be contending right now. So that's my opinion on it, but I feel like he's going to be a great player. Uh, I just feel like the situation is not going to fit for him. Yeah, it's going to uh, be a little rough. My thinking is um, there are players that they may have been thinking of, but they were taken, so they decided to go with I guess maybe the next available player, but yeah, I'm not really too sure why they picked that. But what are your thoughts, Terry? Um, I can understand if you're talking about a guy like Scotty Barnes or even maybe uh, the Warriors who they drafted Jonathan Kuminga. But if you're looking at center, man, you can't say center because Rashawn Holmes is there until free agency. But um, I can understand what you mean by that. But out of everything, do not draft a guard. You're already perfectly fine there. You have a good six man. You got two great starting players, and I don't know. Probably they see something that we don't out of a uh, Mitchell that can fit their roster. I mean, maybe he is one of those guards that can play like small forward for whatever reason. <laughs> no, 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 no. At six no. two and two hundred pounds, uh, it'll just look. It looks weird if you have like three point guards. Like, don't get me wrong, we've seen the Rockets do that in the 90s when they won those chips, but right now, I don't know if it's going to work in this era. But, hey, anything can happen. Yeah, like P.J. Tucker being the center. Exactly. <laughs> and I guess we can move on to um, the 10th uh, pick from round one, Zaire Williams. Um he was picked by New Orleans, but was traded to Memphis. Uh, Metsy, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, I'm not too sure about the fit as 
there's a lot of good players ahead of him at his position. So we'll see if he can find playing time, but he's going to need to work on his shooting as he only shot 37% from the field and 29% beyond the three-point line. So his efficiency isn't great and his numbers aren't the greatest, but it looks like a raw prospect that's going to need time to develop. Yeah, I guess um, in terms of development, that's going to kind of be a little bit um, rougher, I guess, Zion, because he's kind of, he wants more help immediately. So I'm just wondering, um, I guess, um, how p- patient would he be? Terry, what are your thoughts on that? Well, remember, this was, I think this is one of the picks in that JV uh, trade we talked about a week or two ago. With that being said, I mean, Pelicans are going to be trying to be contenders just to keep their star happy. With that being said, I mean, these are one of the negative parts of trading where your um, lottery picks, you lose out on guys like these that can potentially have a impact, whether it's two years, three years down the line. And I feel like Zaire might learn from guys like Kyle Anderson and whoever's on the wings when it comes to Memphis. I mean, he might not be an impact player right now, but he can marinate on the bench and then he can probably do something, whether it be, as I said, two years, three years down the line. Yeah, for sure. And I guess moving on to the 11th pick, um, Charlotte ended up drafting uh, James Boonight. Boone I don't know okay. how to pronounce that. <laughs> but uh, Mete, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, he looks like another rookie that's going to have to work on his efficiency. He only shot 44% from the field and 29% beyond the arc in his second and final season with UConn. And actually, he provides excellent rebounding for a guard as he averaged 5.7 in his last season. But yeah, with the departure of Malik Monk and Devontae Graham, it looks like Blue Knight will have minutes given to him from the start as there isn't much competition ahead of him. I guess it's going to be kind of interesting because they're going to need um, some shooting. Um, I guess they might have a little bit, but I guess losing Malik Monk is going to be... Um, they're going to miss him, I think. Yeah. And I guess we can move on to um, the 12th pick. Um, Terry, what are your thoughts on the Spurs drafting Joshua Primo? Um, I believe he was a Canadian. So whoever is a Canadian uh, that's listening to this, big up to you guys. And with that being said, I mean, 6'5 guard, 190 pounds, I believe. Actually, not 190 pounds. Uh, 6'6 guard, 190 pounds. So basically almost the same thing. Uh, scheme fit-wise with San Antonio, I mean, you already have a lot of guards. I don't really know what to tell you guys. Um, DeJounte Murray, Derek White, Lonnie Walker. Uh, do I need to really go on? Devin Vassell from last year. Uh, honestly, they're really embracing the small ball lineup. And who knows, maybe Patrick Mills leaves in free agency, but this still is a head scratcher. If you're a San Antonio fan, you probably want a bigger forward, maybe even a center to back up Jakob or even start in front of Jakob. And with that being said, I mean, um, I honestly don't know that much about Primo, to be honest with you, man. Uh, all I know is he was a SEC all-freshman team selection from last year. 
And with that being said, I mean, you did play for Alabama. Freshman year, probably eight points, give or take, three and a half rebounds. Shot on like 43% from the field, something around there. But outside of that, I don't really know that much. I know he's long and athletic, but outside of that, not really uh, coming off the top of my head. I think a lot of people were surprised with this pick. Yeah, I'm not too sure how he's going to um, fit on the Spurs. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they can make him bulk up a little bit, and then he can be kind of like a small ball, small forward, if that makes sense. I can actually see that happening because of the fact that there were talks last year of Devin Vassell playing a small, uh, small forward as well. I believe like him and Primo have like the same physicality, if you get what I mean, like lengthwise and height. So with that being said, I feel like they might be small ball, uh, small forwards on this team behind Keldon Johnson. though. For sure. And I guess we can move on to um, Indiana um, drafting Chris Duarte. Um, Mete, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, Duarte actually had some very impressive numbers. He put up 17.1 points per game, uh, 1.9 steals. 53% field goal percentage. He shot 42% from three and he grabbed 7.2 rebounds. So it looks like if he's given the minutes in Indiana, he can be a very efficient spot up shooter and play solid defense. But uh, there's a lot of good players ahead of him. So I feel like it's going to be hard for him to find playing time. I mean, uh, Indiana is one of those teams that they're willing to go like 10 deep, 11 deep if they have to. So I guess um, out of all the teams to kind of um, be drafted and have a lot of players that play your position, Indiana is not one of the worst options, I think. And I guess we can move on to the 14th pick. Um, Terry, what are your thoughts on the Warriors drafting uh, Moses Moody? Uh, 6'5 card, 211 pound from Arkansas. He's pretty, I think he has a really long wingspan, over like seven feet. And he, in his time in Arkansas, I believe he was one of their better scorers, 17 points, six rebounds, one and a half assists, something like that. Uh, with that being said, I mean, he is going to be sitting by Clay and Steph. And, and when they do need that rest, I feel like he will fit in and provide the Warriors with that scoring that they do require. Uh, with that being said, it's an interesting depth piece for the team and good luck to Moody. Yeah, for sure. I guess it'll be kind of interesting to see how um, he kind of shares minutes with Wiggins because they also they also ended up acquiring him in order to get like more depth scoring and some defense as well. So I guess that'll be kind of be interesting to see how that plays out. And I guess, uh, let's see, we can move on to, I guess, uh, Corey Kispert. Um, Mete, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so he's a four-year prospect. I'm not sure which school he came out of, actually, but he played his four years there, and so... I actually really like the players that play a full four years as they give themselves some time to mature, grow, uh, improve as a basketball player. So, yeah, I think that was a smart move by him. Um, He had basically career highs in almost every stat except assists per game and blocks per game. 
and then his efficiency also looked great, and it looks like he can be a great spot-up shooter in Washington. For sure. And uh, we can move on to the 16th pick. Um, Terry, what are your thoughts on Alper and Sengun? Uh, Sengun, I believe he was coming out of Turkey, so big ups to Turkey on getting another player into the NBA. Um, he is one of the more efficient teams in European basketball history in the recent years. So you got to appreciate that. And I feel like I... He was traded on draft night. I wasn't sure to who. It's most likely the Rockets of anyone because they're trying to stockpile as much, what do you call it, prospects as they can just to figure out what fits and what doesn't. Um, with that being said, uh, great pick by the Thunder or the Rockets. I don't know who, but you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think he was traded to the Rockets. The I think the Thunder had the pick, but they draft they traded it to the Rockets. If that makes sense. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I guess uh, we can move on to the seventeenth pick. Um, Mete, what do you think about uh, Trey Murphy? Yeah, so Murphy got traded to the Pelicans from the Grizzlies. So I feel like it's going to be good for him, as it looks like there's going to be minutes available for him at the small forward position. Uh, he played three years in college. So he allowed himself to grow, uh, get better. So, yeah, and that made him enjoy his most efficient season during his last season with Virginia. So I think he's going to have a good season with the Grizzlies. Uh, sorry, not the Grizzlies, the Pelicans. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I guess, let's see. Um, Terry, what do you think of um, Trey Mann? So this is actually the Thunder's pick that I was actually looking at. Um, with that being said, he's, I think he was a sophomore for, I can't remember, probably the Gators. And with that being said, uh, in his freshman year, I think he had like five points, one rebound. And then he basically elevated his game the minute uh, the coach called for his name or his number, whatever you want to say first. Uh, with that being said, I think he had, what was it again? 16 points, probably five and a half rebounds three assists, something like that. And that was him being the first option in his second year as a sophomore. Uh, with that being said, Thunder, another rebuilding team, just stockpile all the prospects you can and figure out what you want to do with them. They probably have another 30 draft picks in the next six years, so we'll figure out what they do with them. Yeah, it's kind of like the um, set of like a doomsday prepper. It's like an, an exactly. NBA version of that. Exactly. And I guess we can move on to um, Kai Jones. Uh, Mete, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so this was originally the Knicks pick, which got traded to the Hornets. And I actually really liked this acquisition Sorry, from the Hornets as the big men down in Char Charlotte aren't the greatest. Uh, I think he's going to find playing time, and he might even win the starting job later on in the year. His numbers weren't too great, but I like the fact that he can space the floor as he shot 38% from beyond the arc. Yeah, for sure. And I guess we can move on to Jalen Johnson. Um, Terry, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, as we go deeper in, oh, as we go deeper into this draft, I mean, you're looking at playoff teams that are just trying to add those pieces that probably can help you out in the, whether it be on the three-point line or 
um, someone that can marinate into that role player on the team, whether it be two, three years down the line, as I've been saying. Jalen Johnson, I feel like, fits the role at guard there because of the fact that you're losing guys like Chris Dunn, I think. Brandon Goodwin, uh, Mente's goat, Tony Snell, Leverkusen, who uh, you get what I'm about to say. With that being said, I mean, Jalen Johnson, he can probably sit in the corner and just take those easy shots, just like Bogdanovich has been doing with Trey Young. They're creating the offense. Um, I feel like most of these guys later in the draft, they're going to have potential. The question is, uh, will the teams, those playoff teams allow them to let their wings loose, if you get what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And I guess we can move on to the other Knicks pick. Uh, Mete, what do you think about Keon Johnson? Yeah, another Knicks pick that got traded this time to the Clippers. And, I mean, he's another rookie with some pedestrian numbers, but nonetheless, he's still a rookie. So it's going to be on the Clippers to develop the rookie shooting guard into a solid NBA player. Yeah, for sure. And I guess we can move on to Isaiah Jackson. Um, Terry, what do you think about this pick? Yeah, so as we, we're about to talk later into this episode about the Westbrook trade, this was one of the parts of it. Uh, 22nd overall, Isaiah Jackson. Um, at this rate, if you're the Wizards, you're probably about to enter a rebuild with Bradley Beal either sitting on the fence, whether he's going to get traded or whatnot. So it's a great uh, piece that you can add into that future rebuild with Isaiah Jackson. I don't really know that much about the kid, but eventually when we talk about uh, him later in the episode during the trade, I'll get more in-depth into it. Yeah, for sure. And I guess the Houston Rockets, they have uh, two back-to-back picks. They ended up getting Usman Garuba and Josh Christopher. So I guess, uh, Mete, what are your thoughts on those two players? Yeah, so starting with Usman Garuba, he's another rookie with very pedestrian numbers, but as we're getting later into the draft, it's more raw prospects where teams are going to try to develop them, but two things Garuba had going for him is he already played professionally for Real Madrid, and he can space, he can stretch the floor as a 6'8 big man. Uh, he shot 31% in his career overseas beyond the arc, so that's pretty good for a big man. And then for the 24th pick, Josh Christopher, uh, he seems like a very gifted scorer and rebounder. He averaged 14.3 points per game, uh, 4.7 rebounds a game, but he wasn't able to score very efficiently. So he's going to have to learn to take better shots. Yeah, for sure. And I guess we can move on to um, Quentin Grimes. Um, Terry, what are your thoughts on this pick? He was traded to the Knicks in that, I believe it was a pick swap. I'm not 1,000% sure. Uh, Originally picked by the Clippers. With that being said, um, All-American third team. I believe NCAA Midwest Regional uh, tournament pick. After that, I'm not really 1,000% sure about what else the kid has done. I believe in his junior year uh, with the, who was it? I believe it was Houston. 17 points a night. Uh, Honestly, we're going to figure out what they can do with him, whether it's backing up. I believe, who was it? Uh, Evan Fournier or RJ Barrett or whoever's on that team down in New York. 
with that being said, uh, probably another development guy that you can figure out for the role uh, players. Yeah, for sure. And I guess we can move on to uh, Nishan Highlands. Um, Mete, what are your thoughts on this pick? Yeah, so the rookie Highland comes out of college with two years experience and he enjoyed a solid 2020-2021 season. He averaged 19.5 points per game on a pretty decent efficiency. And it looks like the Nuggets actually did their homework. As I feel like sometimes teams just draft players because they're on like uh, really good schools like Duke. Uh, I don't know why I can't think of any other teams right now. Kentucky, uh-huh. things like that. You know what I mean? Like they'll usually just look at a big school and draft someone since they went to a good program, but you can still find really good players out of smaller schools as well. Yeah, for sure. And I guess we can uh, move on to Cameron Thomas. Uh, Terry, what are your thoughts on this pick by Brooklyn? Yeah, it came out of LSU, uh, 6'4", 210. Uh, He's a natural scorer anytime I saw it. The rare occasional uh, LSU Tiger game, Anytime I flicked it on, I usually saw him scoring a bucket. Uh, honestly, there's not that much else to say about him that comes to mind at the moment. He has solid length. Uh, he's a nice size for a shooting guard, capable all-rounded. For sure. I guess he might be one of those late-round picks that ends up um, getting really good, kind of like a Pascal Siakam type of development, I guess. Uh, I guess for any of these teams, you're hoping for one of your players to become that. But I s- but remember, like, this is the NBA. Like, a, there's, like, 1% that, like, becomes that blue blood, you know, elite player. And then there's, like, that 2% that becomes, like, those all-stars. And then you get the breakdown that I'm about to explain. But uh, hopefully he does produce into one of the better guards in the future. Yeah, for sure. And I guess we can move on to Jaden Springer. Um, say, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, so the rookie shooting guard didn't have the flashiest numbers, but he did have a solid 12.5 points per game and actually really nice three-point percentage as he shot 43%. Uh, I think he can become a solid 3 and D guard in this league, and having a guy like Danny Green teach him will be beneficiary as well. For sure. And I guess we can move on to uh, Deron Sharp. Um, Terry, what are your thoughts on him? I think in a couple mock drafts that I just took a quick glimpse at before the draft, I think they had him like going around like 1920, something like that. Excuse me. Anyways, uh, he fell almost near the bottom of this draft, and it's kind of surprising with the amount of players that aren't center eligible, or I wouldn't say eligible, but like don't provide that center depth. And I believe a lot of these teams probably need it. Uh, with that being said, I mean, he got traded to the Nets. He'll probably learn from guys like DeAndre Jordan if he's still on the team. Uh, whoever else is that big man, because he's pretty young, I believe. I think he was, I'm not sure how old he is, but he's basically going to be one of the younger guys on the team, probably 2001. Uh, with that being said, interesting pick for the Nets. For sure. And I guess we can move on to the last pick of the first rounds. Um, the Jazz ended up getting Santi Aldama. Um, Mete, what are your thoughts on this pick? 
Yeah, so it was a Jazz pick, but it got traded to the Grizzlies, and honestly, this looks like a steal for them. Uh, Aldama, he averaged some really impressive numbers. He had 21.2 points per game, a one steal, 1.7 blocks per game, 10.1 rebounds a game, and he even shot 36% from beyond the three-point line. So, I mean, it looks like... This could be the steal of the draft, honestly. He has great numbers. For sure. And I guess it's kind of unfortunate for the Jazz because they, I guess, were, they could have used someone like Santi Aldama, but it'll be good for Memphis for sure. And that about wraps it up for the first round of the draft. So we're going to move on to free agency now. All right, so we're going to start the NBA free agency um, signings, and we'll start with um, Kyle Lowry. Um, he was acquired by the Miami Heat. Um, it was a sign-and-trade for, I think the contract was three years, $87 million, and the Raptors received um, Goran Dragic, Precious Achua, and a second-round pick. Um, we'll start with you, Mete. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, this is a great trade for the Miami Heat as they don't lose much in order to get a premier point guard in Kyle Lowry. It helps them win now, which is what they want to do, obviously, as they made the NBA Finals two seasons ago. But for the Raptors, I'm not a big fan of the return as, first of all, the Heat wanted Lowry at the trade deadline and they were offering Duncan Robinson, who's a better player right now than Achua, and they're both around the same age. And so... Uh, Masai kind of got greedy and he was asking for Tyler Hero but that doesn't really make sense as the Heat weren't interested in trading Tyler Hero for Harden so uh, they didn't get, offer the Raptors Tyler Hero so then now we have to settle for Goran Dragic Precious Achua and a second round pick and so I mean it's not the greatest return but in the end, at least we get something for Lowry. He doesn't leave for nothing. And yeah, I mean, Achua is 21. So maybe the Raptors development team can work their magic again and make him a great player. We're just going to have to see. Yeah, my thinking on this was, um, I guess, outside of like drafting, I guess a power forward or a center outright, I guess trading for someone who already has experience in the league, I guess, for, I guess, for a power forward, that's um, good for like rebounding and good for like depth scoring and stuff like that. Maybe they're thinking that's what Precious Achua can be. And I guess Goran Dragic, he's still a really good point um, guard. So that's kind of, that's my thoughts on that. And I guess we can move on to um, the Bulls. They ended up, uh, getting Lonzo Ball from the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, another sign and trade, I think the contract's four years, $85 million, And New Orleans end up getting Sadaransky, Garrett Temple, and a second rounder. Um, we'll move to you, Terry. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, you get the point guard that you want, I guess, in free agency and Lonzo Ball, if you're thinking of the Chicago side of the trade. With that being said, four years at 85 is pretty decent, especially now in the days where a lot of players are looking to secure the bag. Um, 
with that being said, I mean, you got guys like Nikola Vucevic around them, Lori Markkinen, Patrick Williams, who just got drafted last year, um, especially Zach Levine, who's on this team. <clears throat> Jesus. Uh, with that being said, if you're looking at it from, I believe, Nola side of the basketball, you get veterans like Thomas Sodoransky, Garrett Temple. I guess they fill out the end of your bench. With that being said, they can help out the younger guys with their development. Uh, after that, I mean, that second rounder, I'm not sure which year that is, but with that being said, it's probably going to be later when the Pelicans are going to be good. So with that being said, I mean, good luck on both sides uh, when it comes to this uh, trade because usually a majority of the time, one of these teams looks foolish and the other team comes out as thieves. For sure. And I guess we can move on to the Pelicans. Um, they ended up um, getting Devontae Graham in a sign and trade. I think the contract is four years, $47 million. And in return, um, they had to give up a 2022 first rounder. It's the lottery protected. So um, I guess if it ends up being like a lottery pick, they still get it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I guess we'll move on to you, Mete. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of this trade for the Pelicans as, in my opinion, uh, Lonzo Ball was a better fit for the Pelicans team than Graham because, uh, first of all, Lonzo is three years younger than Graham and I don't really see the Pelicans winning anytime soon. And second, I like Lonzo's uh, playmaking better than Graham's, so... Yeah, that's why I feel like he's a better fit. I mean, when you guys, when you got guys like Zion, uh, Valanciunas, Ingram, you're not going to really need uh, too much scoring. And so, I don't know. I feel like Graham is the better scorer, but give me Lonzo's playmaking in the Pelican system over Graham. And so, yeah, for the Pelican side of it, I'm not really the biggest fan, but for um, – the Hornets, it's actually a pretty good move as their backcourt was getting kind of crowded and um, trading Devontae Graham for a first-round pick, I think, is a win. For sure. And I guess we can move on to uh, two more Bulls acquisitions. Um, the Bulls ended up signing um, Alex Caruso. Um, I think the contract he got was four years, $37 millions. Um I guess I'll talk a little bit about Caruso. He's just kind of, he's a player that's, um, he's a really good um, depth piece. He can do multiple things. He can defense, he can score a little bit, he can play make. So um, it's pretty good signing by the Bulls, but 37 million is a, kind of a little bit too much in my opinion, but I guess we'll have to see about that. But um, Terry, what do you think about um, the DeMar DeRozan acquisition? DeMar DeRozan acquisition, on the other hand, was pretty interesting. Uh, it probably, when we recorded this, was maybe an hour or two ago. So the trade was DeMar DeRozan goes to Chicago for, I believe, the DS Young, uh, help me out here, Alfred Camino. <laughs> A first rounder, which was what was it, 2025, something like that. And then I think so, yeah. Yeah. And then the second rounder for that same exact year, 2025. And then they get next year's 2023 second rounder. If you're thinking it from the spare side of the basketball, I mean, you get a 
a lot of assets that they can use in the future, whether it's the first rounders and the second rounders. And currently you have not that much when it comes to the front court, whether it's at power forward or center. I mean, yes, you have Jakob Pertl, but then on the other hand, you don't have that many power forwards outside of Lucas Samanich and probably Keldon Johnson if you're running him out of four. So the Diaz Young and Al Farouk will be interesting pieces that you can add to that team. Uh, I'm not sure what the cap hit is there, but with that being said, a lot of the guys on the Spurs are probably on rookie deals or just about to sign their extensions in the upcoming years. So we'll see how that affects them in the long term. They're probably going to be in the middle when it comes to their cap space, but don't really know what to say for them there. Let me try and summarize the Chicago Bulls one. DeMar DeRozan, uh, Zach Levine, Alex Caruso, if you consider him a key player, Nathan, I know he's your guy. Uh, who else did I forget to say? Lonzo Ball, uh, Laurie Marketing, Nikola Vucevic, that's a nice six, seven guys in your rotation. You can add around that. Good luck to Chicago next year. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, I don't know about 37 million, but I think in terms of just like a depth piece in general, I think Caruso is a good ad for sure. Nine million for a depth piece though? That's what I'm thinking when you think of that. I think everyone was surprised to be honest with you. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see um, if the bald Mamba ends up living up to the Mamba side of his name. Yeah. And we'll move on to um, the Knicks signing Evan Fournier. Um, I think his contract is four years, seven, 78 million. Um, Mete, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so it's kind of similar to Caruso in the fact that I do like this signing for the Knicks as well, but not at the price that they got him for. So I did the math and it uh, checks out to $19.5 million a year, which I think is too much to pay for a guy coming off a 17 point per game season. And he only averaged 13 points per game with the Celtics. And the Knicks probably won't be different as they're not going to be like an Orlando case where they didn't have much scoring options. They've got guys like Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, Derek Rose, Emmanuel Quickly. Like they have talent. So he's not going to get too many shots, I feel like. And outside of scoring, he doesn't really do much. So I don't know. It's a decent signing, but I feel like this is an overpay. Yeah, for sure. And Terry, do you have anything to add? I feel like this was. I wouldn't say needed, and as you said, we're all surprised of him going to the Knicks, but honestly, you don't expect this team to blow it up just off of, I mean, one of their best seasons they've had in like a whole last, whole decade. Whole entire. <laughs> and with that being said, I mean, who, they did struggle a little bit to score against this Hawks team in the first round, so I can understand why you paid the premium for a guy like Fournier, but I mean, let's see if they can improve on what they've done from last year. Because scoring-wise in the playoffs, they kind of did – they were shaky. I guess that's probably um, why they signed him. I guess they're anticipating another playoff push. So when it comes to the playoffs, they're maybe hoping for a player who can kind of give them even more scoring. And I guess seeing him play in the Olympics kind of solidified it for them maybe. And I guess uh, we can move on to the Suns signing JaVale McGee for a 
one-year deal, um, $5 million. Mete, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm a fan of this move as the Suns, I felt like they had to improve their bench. And if you guys remember during the finals podcast, I kept saying I'm not a fan of their bench, but it looks like they're addressing that issue. Uh, a lot of people probably don't think McGee is good because of his shacks in the full days winning back-to-back MVPs, but I think he's a great backup center to have. Yeah, I mean, he was a part of that um, Lakers team that ended up winning a ring. He was um, a really good player on on that end. So, I mean, he's pretty dependable now. I know he's made like some like highlight real mistakes, but he was a lot younger back then. He is a lot more experienced now. It tend it tends to happen with players. Um, even like really good players um, and end up looking lost in kind of like their the early days in the NBA and then when they get more experience they tend to get um yeah they tend to get better they kind of know what's going on they make um less mistakes so um JaVale McGee he's I guess this is a pretty good ad for the Suns and I guess we can move on to the Mavericks they ended up signing both Reggie Bullock and Sterling Brown um Terry what are your thoughts on that um, interesting signings for the Mavericks. Um, as we've seen in the playoffs sometimes, especially in that series against the Clippers, it felt like Doncic was the only guy scoring sometimes. And they're scoring outside of Tim Hardaway Jr. And I feel there was another guy, but I can't remember his name right now. It was kind of lacking. With that being said, you bring in Bullocks, and you've seen in that series where he was just knocking down shots when um, – I believe Kawhi wasn't on the court. And even later in their playoff run, you've seen him just knocking down shots as that second uh, option, even though you're not going to be needing him as that second option as of yet. With that being said, Sterling Brown, I'm not – I feel like he was on the Nets, was he? Help me out here. I think he was on the Rockets. He was on the Rockets. Yeah. So Sterling Brown was the Rockets, and then Bruce Brown is the Net, right? Yeah, yep. yeah, I think so, yeah. All right, all right. So with that being said, Sterling Brown, on the other hand, I feel like he's going to be a depth piece. Um, with the, uh, Just that's honestly what I have to summarize these two uh, players with. Bullock's interesting piece off in your rotation. Uh, Brown, a guy you re- rely on when someone gets injured. All right. And we can move on to um, a Lakers signing. They signed... Um, a lot of players, but we'll start with, uh, I guess, Dwight Bazemore, Ariza, and Wayne, Wayne Ellington. Um, Mete, what are your thoughts on these four players? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny how all these guys used to play for the Lakers, and for three of them, they're back for their second stint. And as for Dwight Howard, this is going to be his third time joining the Lakers. Uh, I really like all these signings. Dwight Howard's going to be a great backup center for them, and then the other three wing players, they're going to provide the three and D play that the Lakers desperately need. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Dwight Howard's kind of underrated. So um, it'll be interesting to see what he does on the Lakers. And we'll move on to the Blazers signing Cody Zeller. Um, Terry, what are your thoughts? Just stockpiling centers at this rate. Um, I think Nurkic is still on contract. I'm not sure about Cantor. If he is on contract, that's another center on the unit. Then you got Cody Zeller. Um, honestly, 
he's a guy that you rely on if one of those two go down and he's going to be their option off the bench. Uh, with that said, this doesn't really help Dame try to win a championship. Uh, honestly, if you're Dame, you're hoping for more scoring. If you're looking at it from the whole team perspective, you need something at the wing, uh, whether it's Norman Powell. Actually, no, not Norman Powell, because he's too small. Uh, you need some wing. I don't know who. Uh, with that being said, hopefully you can improve on a guy like Derek Jones Jr. because it was kind of underwhelming last year. And outside of that, I mean, you got Robert Covington. He's a great utility guy, but you need some scoring. That's all I got to say. You need something to help out that NBA. Like, come on. Yeah, I guess Norman Powell will probably be playing off the bench a little bit more considering they already have two really good guards in um, Portland. So I guess we can move on to um, the Denver Nuggets. Um, Mete, what are your thoughts on them signing Jeff Green? Yeah, I think this is a great signing by the Nuggets as Jeff Green provides great versatility for the Nuggets. Uh, still an amazing scorer, and I think he's going to provide quick buckets off the bench for the Nuggets. For sure. And uh, Terry, I guess we can go to you about um, the Pistons. They ended up signing Kelly Olenek, Corey Joseph, and Trey Lyles. So what are your thoughts on that? Trey Lyles, I'm surprised that he got signed. Honestly, I thought he would have been just sitting in the water of free agency with his, sorry, with his stint with the San Antonio Spurs because he didn't get enough playing time. But we always see like those little itty bitty stints where like he just proves that he's a good rotation guy, whether it's in Denver when all those guys got injured, whether it was Torrey Craig, uh, Gary Harris, et cetera, et cetera, or when all the bigs in San Antonio got injured right before the bubble, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that one's a surprise, Trey Lyles. Corey Joseph, a lot of people assume just because he got waived, you would have left. Um, outside of that, you also have Kelly Olenek. I feel like that stint where Houston, where they were just tanking, just helped them get that contract. Um, it might help short-term, just assisting those younger guys. But outside of that, I feel like he'll just be a rotation guy. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering why Houston didn't try to um, go for Kelly Olenek, but I guess the tanking part kind of explains that. But what are your thoughts? You were, were you hoping for something? Yeah, I was asking, just asking for your thoughts. Oh, my bad. I couldn't hear you. Um, but yeah. Honestly, I thought they would have re-signed them as well. But as you said, it's a rebuilding team. You've seen how much they brought in during the draft. I believe like four picks, something like that. With that being said, I mean, they're probably going to find a cheaper vet just to help out the team. And $37 million is not cheap. Yeah, for sure. And I guess we can move on to the Pacers signing Tory Craig. Um, Mete, what do you think about this acquisition? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's a decent signing for the Pacers. Uh, Torrey Craig should probably provide them with good defense off the bench. But other than that, I don't see him bringing much to the table. 
All right. And I guess we can move on to the Spurs. And they ended up signing Doug McDermott, um, three-year contract, $42 million, and Zach Collins, three-year contract, $22 million. Um, Pretty big cap hit to the Spurs, but Terry, what are your thoughts? I don't have any thoughts for this. All these surprised me. Um, I don't even have anything to say. Uh, <laughs> Zach Collins, hopefully Pop can get something out of him. Um, honestly, who else did we sign? <laughs> Doug McDermott, uh, interesting guy you can put on a three-point line and shoot. Um, honestly, I don't know. These are just depth signings just to make sure that you don't run into the problem of having Keldon Johnson at the center position. With that being said, uh, I think that's all I got to say. Depth piece signings that were way too expensive. I'm not too sure about Zach Collins, but I guess Doug McDermott, it looks like kind of an an attempt to kind of um, replace DeMar DeRozan scoring a little bit. Um, McDermott was a pretty consistent scorer in Indiana. Um, he was, it's pretty much like you would put him in the rotation and he would get like 20 points for you and he can play a little bit of defense. He can shoot outside the arc. So um, it's a pretty good, Add if it wasn't forty-two million dollars, I'm not too sure why they went with the forty-two million dollars. Um, might not necessarily be good for their cap space in the future, but I guess we'll just have to see. And Terry, what are your thoughts? Quick thought, um, just due to the fact that some of these guys are younger and they're on rookie contracts, they need to reach that cap minimum. So I feel like this is the reason why. And with that being said, you're right. It might affect them in the long term when you got to sign guys like Kelvin Johnson, Derek White, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, for sure. And I guess speaking of another um, head scratcher, the Rockets let go of Kelly Olenek, and then they ended up signing Daniel Tice for four years, $36 million. Let's <laughs> say, um, what are your thoughts on this? Honestly, I kind of like this signing. Uh, it's not flashy but i feel like tice is very valuable and uh to get him at nine million per year is not too bad i mean he can shoot the three and he's a great defender at the center position so yeah i'm actually kind of a fan of this signing terry do you have anything to say about this i feel like i'm trying not to bash him because he is a great stretch forward or a stretch big but you said nine million, and I mean, it feels like it's way too much. Uh, with that being said, no comment after that. <laughs> My no only comment. thinking is like, I mean, if you're willing to sign Daniel Tice, why didn't you go after Kelly Olynyk, who can provide like at least the same amount of uh, value of value that Daniel Tice can? So it's kind of like, it's kind of like um wasted time if that makes sense like i i mean like daniel tice is staying for one more year but like the difference in contract is only like one million dollars so like either way it's like are you tanking or not that's just kind of like what i'm thinking if that makes sense i get what you mean outside of that i mean you are right and it might be honestly playing small balls center with uh, uh that yeah my goodness I don't even know. 
it just got me so rambled up and confused that I don't even know what to say. I don't even know if I can, if I can justify this signing, honestly. Uh, probably the same thing as the Spurs. Uh, a lot of guys are on rookie deals and just got to be a cap filler. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the GMs, they've been around the block, so maybe they see something that we don't. And I guess we'll move on to the Golden State Warriors signing Otto Porter. Um, veterans minimum for one year. Mete, what are your thoughts? I think this is an absolute steal for the Warriors. Uh, great pickup. I mean, he's going to provide the Warriors with uh, 3 and D play and I think he's going to fit very well with the Warriors. Uh, getting him on a veteran's minimum, I think, is a steal. Like I said, uh, this is a great signing by the Warriors. For sure. And I guess, Terry, we can go to you with um, the Sixers signing um, Andre Drummond to a one-year deal. And What are your thoughts on that? He would have signed for a little bit longer, but I guess with – that stint with LA it doesn't justify anyone on signing him long term as of yet. With that being said, he's backing up Joel Embiid. So if they do have injury concerns or if he does run into injury concerns, you get a guy like Drummond. Uh, he doesn't have the skill set of Joel Embiid, whether it's outside on the three point line, which is a very massive differential, or down in the paint, where it's a very massive differential. Uh, honestly, it's just a signing to make sure that it's a, basically a backup signing just in case he gets injured for the whole season. And I respect that signing. Unfortunately, Drummond might be that journeyman center now at this rate. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate for Drummond um, in the sense that like, it's good that he's getting to play somewhere, but I'm not sure if the Sixers would be kind of the best spot for him because Joel is probably going to be playing like 30 to 40 minutes a game. So like what opportunity is Drummond going to have to kind of show his potential, if that makes sense. Exactly. And I guess we can uh, move on to the Lakers signing um, Carmelo Anthony to a one-year deal. Um, Mete, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of the pickup as Lakers are now loaded with talent, and I think he should be the favorites to win the NBA title. Uh, I'm also a big Carmelo fan, so I really hope the Lakers can win, and so Carmelo can get his ring that he deserves. But, I mean, outside of that, they probably got him for pretty cheap, so I think it's a team-friendly deal. I think it was for one year. So, yeah, he's got this one one season to try to win a ring, and let's hope they get it done. Well, I guess speaking of favorites, the Lakers also ended up getting Westbrook, and they got Malik Bunk and Kendrick Nunn. So, um, Terry, what are your thoughts on that? Okay, let's start with the Kendrick Nunn and the Malik Bunk. My goodness, Malik Monk signings. Uh, since they're free agency ads, uh, honestly, everyone was complaining about the trade they've done prior before the NBA draft. So with that being said, these are guys just to fill up the roster with shooters just to help out with spacing because everyone's been basically 
butchering LA with their spacing after the trade. And we will eventually talk about the trade in about a minute. Uh, Team-friendly deals, none and Monk both. Uh, probably under 10 million per two years, something like that. With that being said, uh, nothing else to say. For sure. And I guess, what are your, you guys' thoughts on them acquiring Westbrook? Mente, you shoot first. All right. Okay. So I actually like the trade for both teams. I feel like it's a win-win for both sides. It helps the Lakers contend as they're trying to send off LeBron James with one last ring before he calls it quits. And for the Wizards, they get a pretty good package back. Uh, KCP is a nice 3 and D player. Kuzma, I feel like he still hasn't uh, lived up to his potential. And then Montrez Harrell, he's a great energy guy. I feel like he's going to come off the bench for them, but still a great uh, pickup. And then they also got the 22nd pick like we were talking about, which was Isaiah Jackson, which they traded for Aaron Holiday. And I'm a fan of Aaron Holiday as well. So, yeah, it's a great job by the Wizards and Lakers, I think. And Terry, what are your thoughts? So let me view it from the Wizards' side first. As you guys said, KCP, tremendous fake out artist, especially when he's about to uh, shoot a three. He'll pump fake you. He'll jump into the stands, and then he'll probably hit or miss that three. After that, Kyle Kuzma. On this Wizards team, there's not really that guy that stands out, whether it's at, I believe, the three or the four. So with that being said, Kyle Kuzma can either fit in with Rui or he can take over for Rui. Uh, and then you got, as you guys were saying, Montrezl Harrell. They did have injury concerns with Thomas Bryant last year. And with that being said, if those continue on into his career, Harrell's a great energy guy. And I feel like he was just underutilized with the Lakers. So it's great on them for that. Isaiah Jackson, as I was saying earlier with the draft, um, I want to talk about him now. He's a lanky forward, got size, he got that athleticism. Uh, he carved out a nice role with Kentucky. And honestly, I see him being great on the defensive end of the ball first. And as we all know, defense is more, I wouldn't say easy, but it's more, it comes to you more naturally than scoring. And scoring, honestly, we've seen it with Kawhi Leonard and other defensive guys. Uh, it just comes. You just need to have a great shooting coach, whether it's San Antonio's Chip England, I believe his name is, or someone else that you just uh, focus on in the offseason. So hopefully Isaiah Jackson does find his groove because the Wizards might be in for a real build if Bradley does go elsewhere. Lakers on does the hand. You get Westbrook just in case LeBron or AD gets injured so he can, you know, fill in for that superhuman role if he does need to, but the three of them together, uh, spacing as we've been beating it for the past, I don't know, week now since this trade has happened and outside of that, um, I think the stigma of there's only one basketball, even though we've seen it with Harden with any player he's played with, whether it's Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, et cetera, et cetera. And you know what I'm going to see next when it comes to that, uh, Back to you, Nathan. What do you think? For sure. Um, yeah, I'm just not sure if um, Westbrook 
would be a good fit just because um, you have two dominant. They're both they're both ball dominant um, playmakers that pretty much do. They both do a lot, and the only thing is Westbrook isn't necessarily the best shooter, and LeBron's like a decent shooter, but again, uh, it's like he's not the best shooter. He's he's pretty good, but yeah, and. I guess that's probably why they ended up drafting a bunch of shooters. So I'm guessing probably like the Mellow deal, the Malik Monk deal, the Kendrick Nunn deal are supposed to kind of uh, make up for that. And then I guess you kind of have your big three in AD, LeBron, and Westbrook. And I guess, uh, do you guys have any final thoughts uh, for this week? And do you shoot first? Uh, it's been a, a long two days. Um, a lot of signings, signing trades coming in. Uh, I'll say I'm a fan of Damar Lowry. Uh, Devontae Graham, I think, did a signing trade and Lonzo. Uh, as when you're doing a signing trade, uh, I mean, you're kind of showing respect to the organization that you played for in the sense that you're not walking away for nothing and you're allowing uh, for them to get something in return. So, yeah, shout out to those guys. Other than that, uh, we're still waiting on Kawhi. Let's see where he goes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Terry, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, outside of all the re-signs, whether it was Mike Connolly or uh, Trey Young, we all know that they're going to be excellent fits for their team. With that being said, I mean, I mean, the other ones that are coming in right now, like one of the Morris brothers on the Heat, uh, excellent fits. Whether it's PJ Tucker as well, excellent fit. They're just filling out the bench, just trying to go for that uh, championship. Uh, outside of that, don't really got that much else to say, man. What about you? I guess my only concern is um, there have been, I guess, quite a few questionable drafts quite a few questionable um i guess free agency acquisitions um this off season so my thinking is there's going to be quite a few teams that are kind of stuck in um playoff no man's land where it's like they they hit a wall they can't really go any further so they're gonna end up having to blow up the team again and having to re-rebuild which is um, never a fun thing for both the front office and the fans and even the players. Um, some kind of progress is always, I guess, appreciated. But I guess that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Nathan, take it away. And I guess this is the end of this week's installment of Big Time Basketball. Um, if you liked the video, subscribe, hit the bell for notifications. Uh, let us know your thoughts on both the drafts and uh, what happened in free agency. Um, if you liked um, listening, you can follow us on Spotify and you can also fo follow us on um, Apple Music and Google Podcasts as well. If you need some sports picks, you can follow us at FanFanPodcast on both Twitter and Instagram. And we'll see you guys next week.